This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a two-year low. There are, of course, complex reasons for that. He was the big spender. The big spender. Doing the grocery shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, g'day, Adam. How are you going? I'm uh, going very well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Before we start the show, we have got a small favour to ask. We're coming to the end of the financial year, just taking stock of where we're at. Uh, through our stats, we know we've got one of the highest listen-through rates in the industry. Now we're on a drive to grow our listener numbers. So if everyone who listens to the show tells just one person, that would be incredible and would make uh, a real difference for us. So if you know one person who is intelligent, curious about the world with a good sense of humor, please tell them about us or tag them in one of our socials posts. That would be amazing. Thomas, of course, big show as always mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, lots to get into GDP and labour unit costs are out. I assume we're talking about the cost of having a baby being one unit of labour. Elon Musk says anyone who doesn't want to work in the office will get the sack. Another way of looking at that is man who sells cars insists his employees drive cars more and investors are turning their back on lithium. We'll see what they think of the other tracks on Nevermind. Classic. Uh, And Malaysia has decided to hook the chook, which has left Singapore shook with no chook to cook. We'll open the book and take a look. But first, (laughs) (laughs) Thomas, we have got some listener email that came through that blew my mind. And I didn't... I don't know what the start of the apocalypse was going to look like, um, but I actually think this might be it. Um, Mm. So we got an email during the week. Uh, Phil sent us an email, cve at equitymates.com. And Phil said that basically his electricity retailer has emailed him saying, look, to be honest, we think you should go somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) they said, look, your costs are going to be higher. So so they're higher costs. We're going to have to be passed on to all all customers. This is after they sent through a 20% price increase a few weeks ago. And last week we were talking about skyrocketing energy prices or electricity prices. Mm -hmm. Um, But this, Thomas, this is unheard of, isn't it? Uh, An electricity retailer asking customers 
to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard of it before, like in Australia. But um, yeah, it's kind of, as we were saying last week, wholesale electricity prices have exploded. They're through the roof. And mm. then retail's getting hammered. So the, the thing that uh, the reamped energy CEO, Luke Blinko, said that um, we're hoping that things return to normal when wholesale prices are lower than the retail price. But that's not what that's not the case today. So mm. they're losing money selling to people. So maybe like i think i think either there's a, either there's like a clever marketing play here where it's just like hey look we're the super honest guys we just want you to get the best deal and the best deal is not with us so go somewhere else and hope you come back mm. which could be could be smart marketing or it could be look you guys are costing us money so just be great if you just went somewhere else thanks <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's the argument they're making they're saying look you should switch mm. to another retailer because the more customers they have the higher their costs will be for all customers but I can't wrap my head around how that could possibly be. Like, don't doesn't I don't know. I've heard the phrase economies of scale somewhere, yeah. which I've always assumed to mean that the bigger you get, the cheaper things become. But that's not happening. So how, could it be that the more customers they have? I feel like you're just confused there. Somehow. I am. Well, that's yeah. not surprising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 I didn't. I didn't read that, and it doesn't sound entirely right. No, that's what. Well, that's what Phil said. I'm just look. I'm oh. just. I'm telling you what the people tell me, Tom. Don't, <laughs> don't think I'm adding any layer of sensibility over the top of of uh, what we get. Um, there must be some economies hmm. go. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I don't. Or maybe that. Maybe the more they buy them, like to sort to secure more on the wholesale market, they've got to pay more. Like it. Maybe it ratchets up the more they buy. Mm. But, but I think we did we did note last week that retailers will be the first sort of domino to fall in this story. Mm. And in Britain, they've all, thirty retailers have already gone out of business since um, prices started lifting. So, wow. more pain in store for retailers in Australia. Mm. Also, had uh, a few people Thomas email in to say that coal fired plants use turbines <laughs> and not reactors. You idiot. Um, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but I thought you'd want to know because you said mm. you said reactors and yeah, yeah. Uh, should have been turbines. So mm. there we go. Uh, keep your emails coming in, cve at equitymates.com. And, of course, you can get us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at CVE Podcast. Right, Thomas, GDP data out this week. What did we learn? Yeah, GDP came out stronger than expected, actually. We got a yeah. pretty solid 0.8% in the quarter, up 3.3% on the year. That's uh, They were pretty healthy numbers. Um, across the components, all looking pretty healthy. Consumer yeah. spending's looking strong. Discretionary spending actually is up above where it was pre-COVID now for the first time. So non-discretionary has been trending upwards, like stuff that you actually need, but stuff you don't need so much, that's now back. Uh, above where it was pre-COVID, so that's a that's a right. good news story, particularly given you know there's a lot of still COVID lockdowns and floods and things through that March quarter. So yeah, all in all, hmm. pretty pretty solid. Everyone everyone thought is the Labor good. Party claiming this yet? Yeah. They <laughs> yes. no well no, no. <laughs> been in for a week. <laughs> yeah no they actually they actually came out and were were talking it down, saying it's uh, a lot of challenges here, a lot of oh, bad really? news. yeah 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 and and yeah. because it's probably going it looks like GDP is going to come in under where the the under the budget forecasts now mm. with this number, so even though it's a pretty decent number, we were forecasting some really good numbers six months ago, so we're not going to hit those numbers, so yeah, Jim Chalmers was was the treasurer was keen to point out that um yeah, not as great as it could have been. 
Right. Well, I better get used to, to Jim Chalmers being the treasurer. I was I was on board with Frydenberg for so long. It's throwing my whole world into chaos. The thing that really jumped out at me, which I found was interesting, is we also get um, kind of pay data of, of, a, of a kind in the in the national accounts, and we have something called real average compensation per employee. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we, we get do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like wages. We have a few measures of wages, but this yeah, so real average compensation per employee. But that's down now. And that's back at, we're now back at where it was in 2011. Right. So, what does it mean? Well, it means that kind of real wages are, have gone nowhere for the better part of a decade. We knew that already. Well, we did knew that from the wage price data, but yeah, this confirms it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, economists had nothing to do after the wage price data. No, like, what can we do? Well, why don't we just see if we can like prove it again? <laughs> what? Well, yeah, we'll call it something else, and we'll prove it again, and we'll release it as a report. Brilliant, I like it. Report? Did you say? Yeah. <laughs> more, more a table actually. <laughs> oh, stop it! Table. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, but right. the real average compensation employee allows us to calculate something called unit labour costs, mm. and so that's a, that's a measure of how much labour cost is involved in each unit of economic production in the economy. If you can right. kind of wrap your head around that, it's a bit of an abstract concept, but basically, for for a given unit of economic output, how much labour cost was involved? That's unit labour okay. cost. Can you give me an example, just because? I am having trouble wrapping my head around it. Uh, so no, it's an abstract concept that does it. <laughs> doesn't have examples. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, right. Okay. Yeah. No. Like it's it's a measure. Like see, uh, the question is how much labour cost is yeah. involved in producing everything we produced, and yeah. then if we sort of put put that on a per unit basis, per dollar of economic activity, how much right, is okay. that? how much labour cost is, is involved per unit of economic activity. Does that make sense? Depends who did it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> what that measure includes is productivity. So if people get better at producing stuff, mm. then for the same amount of cost, they're able to produce more. So you get right. more units out of the same, the same cost. So it incorporates productivity. Is this a bit like your chart that you shared to Instagram during the week that showed fuel prices were getting more efficient? Fuel was getting more yeah. efficient. So even though fuel costs might be going up, mm. you're getting more value for your fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, like, yeah, the, that chart showed that per litre the cost of mm. fuel is going up, but per mile the cost of fuel is going down, mm. even though prices are going up per litre. Oh, good. Yeah. You Goodness. might even call it a good example. <laughs> So anyway, so it includes productivity. But what, so what that's showing is unit labour costs fell sharply in the quarter and they're now about 6% lower than they were pre-COVID. Right. So what that tells us is that the idea that labour costs are on a, on a tear away and they're going to blow up the whole economy, there's mm-hmm. no basis for that yet in the data. Labour costs are falling and falling quite quickly um, and right. they're 6% lower than they were pre-COVID. So it's a long from that data. There's nothing to to back up the argument that wages are exploding and blowing out inflation. But who's making that argument though? Like we just talked about wages data as the worst in ten years. Oh, no one's no. talking about. No, 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 no. Oh. The business community is quite like 
you know, pushing back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, business community. They're they're pushing back. So the the Fair Work Commission's meeting now, they're looking at determining wages. Everyone's saying, whoa, 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 we can't afford an increase to the minimum wage rate. It's going to blow out inflation and create all sorts of problems. There's no data. There's no data yet to back oh, up okay. that argument. Labor came out. They they have followed through, haven't they, on their election promise to increase the minimum wage? Uh, they no. They made yep. a submission to the Fair Work Commission, right. which they promised to do, arguing for a five point one percent increase to the minimum wage, but to the minimum mm. wage only. That's what they're arguing for, that, and that's just in line. So that just keeps pace with inflation, and probably once inflation keeps going higher, leaves workers actually falling, having fallen right. real wages still. Okay. Just quickly, if I go back to the GDP thing for a sec, I saw something on the news that because of the natural disasters, like the floods and everything, that GDP was stronger than expected. Is that is that right? Typically, yeah, typically disasters are mm. a good news economic story in the in the cleanup and the, and the re, yeah, repair right. and re, rebuild. A lot of economic activity mm. goes into, yeah putting bridges and roads Fingers crossed for an oil Mm. spill in the Barrier Reef then. Should really get things humming along. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas, Elon Musk is back in the news. He never leaves the news. He's back in the news this week, this time telling people that they should be working in the office full time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he's uh, apparently there's a leaked memo that we saw saying remote Mm. work is no longer acceptable saying that anyone who wants to work for Tesla must do a minimum, and I mean minimum, of 40 hours a week mm. or, or leave Tesla. This is less than we ask factory workers. Yeah, so then, then someone in Twitter said, uh, can you give us some additional comment to people who think coming into work is an antiquated concept? And Musk wrote, well, they should pretend to work somewhere <laughs> else. So he's saying work from home is not working, people are bludging. Uh, and they need to, need I don't, to come I don't back think pretending to work is the exclusive domain of the work from home. I've seen plenty of people pretending to work in the office. <laughs> in fact, I'd argue I've got so good at it that I could pretend to work just about anywhere. Like, just set me up. <laughs> Even at home sometimes Digital I pretend moment. to do jobs around the house so I can get out of bathing the kids. <laughs> It's got the backyard thing with the, you know, the corner. It's fixing. (laughs) Uh, Right. This is interesting for a couple of reasons. Like one, like Tesla has sort of tried to make itself synonymous with the future. So it's like it is paints itself as Mm. the company of the future. So in this sense, it feels like a very backward move, moving to full-time in the office. No, like because a lot of the tech sector, like... Twitter and Atlassian got involved in this conversation as well. They've gone like full-time remote forever, which mm. that's, that's Twitter's policy. So it, it does feel out of step with the tech sector. It also comes at a time when the labor market is, is very strong. So we got Jobstarter in uh, the US last week. They got 436,000 jobs. That was stronger than expected. Unemployment rates 3.6%. That's very tight. So it's a workers' jobs market and... Like you would expect a lot of people to just walk if Musk goes hard with this. If they, you know, engineers with mm. really solid skills might just be like, yep, yeah, nah, I'm out. But then we got another <laughs> leak from an internal email. So, like, it could, it, this These could leaks wouldn't be happen, Tom, if everyone was in the a, office and transacting securely. This is <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> passing right. notes around the office. Yeah, but there's, so there's another memo called "Pause All Hiring Worldwide" and saying that uh, Tesla is going to cut 10% of its 100,000 strong workforce, 
Um, yeah, and then Elon Musk says that he's got a super bad feeling about <laughs> how the economy is going. <laughs> well, Thomas, as oh, an economist, right. what do you make of his super bad feeling? His Elon Musk's spidey senses are tingling. It is true. I mean, I think the interesting thing, like probably when you're in the tech sector, you probably equate your fortunes mm. with the broader economy. And tech's had a massive sell-off. Tesla's shares are down 41%. Since the start of the year, um, just 9.2% last week. So, yes, big shakeout in tech. But I don't know that that's, you then say that the whole economy is is struggling. There are definitely challenges, but things are running, you know, pretty hot right now. I actually love that the, um, Joe Biden came out and sort of saying that, yeah, well, Ford's building new electric vehicles, 6,000 new employees, union employees, I might add, in the Midwest. Intel's adding 20,000 new jobs making computer chips. So, you know, lots of luck with his trip to the moon. (laughs) So Joe Biden's just trolling Elon Musk. This is the age we live in. I love it. Yeah, but the point is like, yeah, like 3.6%, the unemployment rate is super tight. Like things are really strong. Yes, there are challenges there's a lot of doom and gloom around at the moment. Bears are pretty noisy, but I think a lot of like a lot of the a lot of it has been a correction from the quantitative easing and super cheap money. So essentially, Musk is trying to blame the economy for Tesla not doing well. Is that what it boils down to? Yeah, I think I think maybe you could, or like he's positioning for that and saying, yeah, big, mm. big challenges for Tesla. I think I think definitely he's he's saying that there are big challenges ahead for Tesla. Um, he's saying those challenges are tied to a bad economy or his super bad feeling about the economy, but they may just be, you know, Tesla's still still a small order maker in the scheme of things with a mm. massive valuation. You know, it's worth at some point there in 2021, it was worth as much as every other auto maker <laughs> in the entire world. Put it together. seems so ridiculous in hindsight, but at the time I remember reading it and going, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's got like massive like promise of potential that he has to deliver on. It was always going to be massively hard. I think that's sort of mm. is meeting that reality. And I think I think we are in an interesting inflection point with the with the global economic outlook. Like I think a lot of that unwinding of quantitative easing and super cheap money. I think a lot of that has been priced in. It's now in people's expectations. And then there's concerns about how inflation plays out and the war in Europe and um, hard landing in China and all of that. But they just remain risks for the meantime. They're mm. not like baked in. And so yes, there are big concerns about the economic outlook. But a lot of it is kind of priced in, and it could just sort of grind along from here. I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not clear. All right. It's not why don't we cut. pause here? We'll grab a word from this week's sponsor. After the break, I'm going to be taking a look at what has happened to lithium as well as Malaysia is banning chicken exports. We'll be back with more Comedian versus Economist right after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. G'day, welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. Don't forget you can send us an email, cve at equitymates.com or get us on social media at CVE Podcast. Thomas, is this the end for lithium? Mm. Yeah, no, I think, well, no, no. Does it lithium? <laughs> have we made all of the batteries now? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, well, so, yeah, so you wonder, so lithium had a, had a rough week last week. Well, the lithium miners in particular had a really rough week in Australia. Mm. You've, on the ASX, you've got Pilbara Minerals were down 22% on Wednesday, Liontown Resources down 19%, Alchem down 15%. So big drops in um, these lithium miners. I mean, that said, though, Liontown Resources is still up 100% on where it was a year ago, so they're still doing okay. Right. Sort of the gloss has come off lithium as a concept, really. So, And a lot of this had to do with a report from Goldman Sachs who's saying that basically just lithium's overbought. Investors are aware that battery metals are going to have a big role to play in the 21st century, but despite the exponential demand profile, we see battery metals bull market as over for now. And they're now right. calling for a price correction in lithium. So it was at sixty thousand US dollars a ton at the start of the year. They now see it going to sixteen thousand in twenty twenty three. So it's a huge drop in in uh, lithium prices, mm. which they're calling for. But they're basically basically story saying is it just got overhyped, and they're saying like lithium spot price of a commodity ended up trading like a forward looking equity. That's what they're saying. So it was like all about the future of of lithium, not about the the, the current market reality, demand supply of lithium. Um, so it got overbought, and then you had this huge surge of investor capital into lithium miners, which in, in, led them to massively increased output capacity. And as a result, the markets just run ahead of lithium demand and you now have more lithium mm. production than you have lithium demand. Um, and the result of that is falling prices. This feels a lot like crypto. This, yeah. this If crypto is for like millennials and Gen Z or whatever, mm. then this feels a lot like kind of crypto for grown-ups or something. Like, mm. yeah, in fact, yeah. I, was at a, I was at a quiz night the other night um, and... A guy I was chatting to, BJ, shout out to, to BJ if he's listening. Um, he was lamenting to me that he'd missed out on lithium. He's like, ah, I should have got in, should have should have bought lithium when, when I had the chance. Mm. Um, and even and then it was even speculating, saying, I've heard a heard a rumor, tungsten and cobalt maybe <laughs> the next big things. <laughs> <Tungsten>. And 
it just felt a lot like a crypto conversation I'd had I've, I've had in the past with other people. Like, ah, oh, man, we missed the Bitcoin thing, but Terra is coming along next, or whatever the, the next mm. coin, Dogecoin, mm. um, and that's going to be the next one, the Moon. So you know, get on, you know, replace tungsten mm. with your favorite crypto coin, and maybe that's next Moon. Like, mm. I don't know. It just feels a lot like you getting a lot of specy speculative plays in the in the mining space nowadays. Yeah. I mean I think I think this is this is the big criticism of super cheap money is that you mm. create these speculative bubbles. And right. like I think, you know, cryptocurrency since since quantitative easing ended, you've seen a lot of these trades unwind. So US techs unwound, um, Tesla's unwound in a big way, crypto's unwound in a big way, and now you've got lithium unwinding as well. And mm. it was sort of all that money was hunting for returns and looking for places to go up. And because all that money's landing in the same markets at the same time, you do get these price explosions, which then mm. confirms everyone's expectation that lithium is the next big thing. And it keeps going up until as like the, the market fundamentals no, become disconnected from the market fundamentals. And that's what lithium, the Goldman Sachs is saying lithium story is. It just became dis- disconnected from where the market is currently at. In the future, mm. we probably are going to need this much lithium supply, but right now we just don't. Um, so it becomes disconnected from market fundamentals. And then once the, the money stops coming in, a bit like a Ponzi scheme, um, then, it, then, a, then the souffle collapses. I think the, big, the one that, that cemented it for me was... I was at the casino the other day and that actually replaced the roulette table with just the periodic table. (laughs) 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 All right, Thomas, another country is set to restrict exports. This time Malaysia has said they are going to stop exporting chicken. Mm. What's going on there? Yeah, so so this week we're talking about Australia triggering the domestic gas reservation. Malaysia has Mm. triggered the domestic chicken reservation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not in, they're not exporting any more chickens because prices are just uh, exploding at home. Um, right. Mm, so, yeah, they're, they're holding on to their chickens. Definitely not free range. <laughs> <laughs> keeping, them, keeping them close to their chest. Yeah, so that, that, that creates some big problems for Singapore in particular. So Singapore is really reliant on, on chicken exports from Malaysia mm. and Singapore's staple dish is something they call chicken rice. Ooh, mm. sounds exotic. Yeah. What's in that? <laughs> Yeah, but like a country like Singapore, I think is is interesting because it's you know it's got no, it's just an island, a big urban mm. island basically. So it's really reliant on, it's always been reliant on global trade. Um, but you have this sort of commodity nationalism coming up that sort of started with sort of key minerals and energy, but is now becoming going into food. We talked about India banning wheat exports um, a couple of weeks ago. Indonesia has banned exports of palm oil. China's banned the export of some agricultural chemicals. I thought we were trying to ban palm oil full stop. Yeah, some people are, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Other people like it. I think there's, there's a story where I think it, um, it's, it's palm oil plantations are replacing natural forests in Indonesia. And that's, right. replaced, okay. that's destroying orangutan habitat. Hmm. It's my under, brief understanding of the issue. Let's not get let's not get lost in the jungle there. Let's pull it back up. Uh, yeah, but you say I think you're seeing this this commodity nationalism extend to basic foodstuffs. Yeah, and so that means that for countries like Singapore or, and all countries really that are reliant on trade, that creates some big disruptions. Wow, yeah. I saw the guy. There's a guy who runs a market stall in Singapore, and 
it's named OK Chicken Rice, which probably a very modest name he's gone with. Um, <laughs> but he said it's going to severely impact sales, mainly because people won't tolerate frozen chicken. Mm. Um, so because Malaysia export live chickens or very fresh chickens, I'm not sure which. Um, but, yeah, there's no, no, no appetite for frozen chicken uh, at the, you know, in Singapore. Hmm. Um, unless you go to KFC, of course, people are much more tolerant of frozen chicken if it's covered in eleven secret herbs and spices. <laughs> um, although I did, I did some research, Thomas. You'll be happy to know. Um, Ten piece bucket in Singapore hmm. is thirty dollars, and you can get a twenty one piece bucket here for thirty five dollars. So Singapore hmm. chicken price is already high. It would seem uh, arbitrage opportunity. Hmm. You think? <laughs> <laughs> Just flying another flight from Adelaide to Singapore <laughs> with four suitcases full of KFC buckets. <laughs> uh, true story though. I was trying to I was trying to organise a, a healthy dinner for the kids the other night, but KFC's having a lettuce shortage, so I had to get yeah. Macca's instead. Oh. Lettuce shortage. I didn't know that was a thing, but there's on their website. There's like, sorry, it's just you're not going to have a chicken and lettuce burger tonight, kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, so, they talk, yeah, I saw a night, Channel Nine was running a news article saying iceberg lettuces are up to twelve dollars in Redcliffe what? up in Queensland. Yeah, per that's lettuce. Half a, that's half a KFC bucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is that like a lot of it keys off energy. So energy is the big shock that happened with the war in Ukraine, and then that impacted oil prices, which is then and gas prices, obviously. But because energy is like a, the cornerstone of all economic activity, it's feeding right through the system. Mm. And because it's also a lot of ties into fertilizers as well. So like the chicken shortage itself is caused by a lack of chicken feed. Ah, that's, that's terrible news. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with a new phrase for things that are expensive because <laughs> we used to say, well, it's not chicken feed. <laughs> but now we're going to find something else. <laughs> Uh, all right i reckon that does us for this week why don't we leave it there Mm. um thank you so much for listening out there don't forget spread the word uh tell a friend about comedian versus economist if you think that they'll enjoy the show too and don't forget to check out all the other great podcasts from equity mates media get started investing equity mates investing podcast you're in good company talk money to me crypto curious and of course the dive Hey, don't forget too, FinFest is happening October 15th. Uh, if you want to get early bird access tickets for just $37 and you need to be quick, uh, head over to equitymates.com forward slash FinFest before this Thursday, the 9th of June, uh, and get on the registration list for early bird tickets. FinFest is powered by stake. Uh, that's it from us for another week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Comedian vs. Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs. Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Comedian vs Economist acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.